everybody, and welcome back to the Western Herald Sports Brandon, Podcast. Brandon, you're back. I am I've back. I've missed you, dude. I miss you too, Jared. I'm here with my friend, the sports editor of the Western Herald, Jared Orlando, and I am Brendan Bufa. Yeah, that's me. We are coming at you straight out of the James P. Hickey Audio Lab in Brown Hall on Western Michigan University's campus, and we are here to talk to you today about the Detroit Lions, a little bit about the drug policy and then the NFL. Yeah, last week Jake did a great job filling in, but basketball is not my thing. Once Michigan State was out, I really don't care anymore. We're delving right back into the NFL. we got to talk some football. And I hate Syracuse, so we're getting back into football. Yeah, the Orange Men. Jarrett's a little salty about that. <sighs> Let's talk football. Let's talk football. Okay, first thing we're starting off with. The Lions have had a pretty attractive free agency offseason, and the new general manager, Bob Quinn, came out and said that the reason for that is because the Detroit Lions are an attractive place for free agencies in the offseason. So what do you think about that? I thought about it. I thought about it a while. Like, what makes them attractive? At first, I said no. It's not attractive at all. They haven't won a playoff game in over 20 years. Less than 10 years ago, went 0-16. Ranked 29th in fan attendance last year. Then I started looking into it more. They have one of the smallest stadiums in the NFL, so that you can't really hold the attendance against them. If you've been inside that stadium, you can't even get cell phone service. It's so loud. It is crazy. It's deafening. The fans are, I think, some of the most loyal in the sport, considering how much heartbreak they've had over the years. So I think it is a desirable place. Honestly, it's a, a franchise on the rise, in my opinion. I think Quinn's doing a good job so far in his first offseason. Yeah, one thing that Quinn highlighted was, like, in terms of the franchise, the ownership, the head coach, and the hierarchy that they have, uh, that's very attractive to new players, especially players that are kind of on their last leg. I mean, look at the players that we're signing. We're not signing big names other than Marvin Jones. We had Stephon Charles that was kind of a smaller player, Raphael And Bush. we both disliked him at first, and I've heard right. a lot of praise for him. And all these players that we're signing, even including players that we're going to talk about after, like Jeremy Curley from the Jets, all these coaches are coming forward and saying, we didn't want to let these players go, but the Lions had an attractive offer. Even Marvin Jones turned down offers from the Patriots. Yeah, from the Patriots. That was around the same amount. And Russell Okung said, no, no thanks, I'm going to Denver. But look but at his contract. I didn't want him either. Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't want him, so that's not, I'm not really hurt. So I think it is a desirable place to play, honestly. I would have to agree. And with that being said, we have signed some new players in the past couple weeks. One of them started off this morning with a... Uh, One thing, though, I think we need new ownership. Well, yeah, but we've talked about that again and, and that, again. But that's something that might that might be a turnoff to players potentially signing. See, I think that can go either way. I think the Ford family having a lengthy ownership over the Lions could be attractive to some players because you have dedication to one family. I think it's a generation thing. Yeah. you Like, look at Michigan, how bad they were for that time being. So those kids forgot how good they used to be. The Lions used to be a, a pretty good team. Yeah. Back in the day, but recently they've been terrible. So there's this negative light that's with them. It's we don't want to go there. Yeah, I no. agree. They'll turn around. But anyway, getting into free agent signings broke on Wednesday. Signed 29 year old guard Jeff Schwartz, not Jim Schwartz. Don't confuse it with yeah, him. Don't get confused with Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz. Uh, what do you think of that? I absolutely love this guy. I was actually talking to Gwen prior to you getting here. And I think it was like February 10th, the Giants announced that they released Jeff Schwartz. I tweeted that day to Jeff Schwartz, you will be a Lion. I guarantee that you'll be a Lion, and I'll see you in Detroit. Um, surely enough, he gets here on, on March 30th and uh, signs a one-year deal with the Lions. I love it. I love this guy, but he needs to be healthy. Yeah, I like that it's a one-year deal. Yep. It's going to push Lakin Tomlinson, whatever that stands for. That's, that's what the article said. That was reading. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? He was terrible last year. I yeah. think he has a possibility to start, strong possibility. Does have injury issues. Is a big guy, six foot six, so he could play guard or tackle. I like it. Yeah, very large concern. Uh, he actually missed more games. He missed 19 games, more than he played in 13. In a team that was terrible at blocking last year, offensive line depth is nothing I'm going to complain about ever. Yeah. 
ever. Especially bringing a veteran in because we don't really have veterans. I mean, you, I I would kind of consider Larry Warford a veteran, but at the same time, he's you not a seasoned veteran. And Ramirez is gone, so you yep. need more. Yep. So we got a good guy on the offensive line, which is a great, great addition. Um, moving on, we signed a cornerback from the New York Jets, Darren Walls. Yeah, there's not enough to know about this guy. He's just a, a journey, not a journeyman, but four years he's been in the league, played 13 games last season, had three tackles, three pass defended. More of a special teams guy to me. They said that he's going to be more of a competitive role against our cornerback, Alex Carter, who, <laughs> I, I won't lie, uh, Jim Caldwell kind of threw him under the bus saying that we're not expecting miracles from this guy, but we are expecting see, him to I didn't, improve. I didn't see that as under the bus because, like I said, he's young. Um, he was training with Hogan, the quarterback for Stanford, over mm-hmm. the offseason. They said, you're going to see a completely different guy. He, ha- he had a late start last season. He had to finish classes, mm-hmm. so he couldn't even come in. He missed part of camp. Then he had an ankle injury, and just they put him on the IR. You don't know what to expect from this guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think he has a lot of talent. There's a reason they took him third overall, in third round. So Absolutely. I'm excited, actually. I'm excited for this season. This team is completely different. They're building, and it's moves that we've never seen before. And I'll be straight up. We are typically not the team that goes out and spends a million dollars here, a million dollars here. And this year we're being that team, and we're saving cap space, and we're saving money. Well, they were, but it wasn't helping. Like Reggie Bush, how'd that pay off for him? It was, it was a bad sign. They tried. It was the name. We they grabbed tried, the name. But it didn't work out. Yeah. I think we were looking for more attractive players from the fan base, and this year we're looking for attractive players to benefit the actual team. Yep. One name that might be attractive, they hosted Steven Ridley, running back from the Jets, well, formerly of the Jets, on Monday. What do you think of him? You know, I like him. He had a good 2012. He rushed for over 1,200 yards on yes. 290 carries, 12 touchdowns. That was when he with the Pats. That's when he blew up and fantasy-wise, too. He blew up. He was a great running back. He was one of the free agents that you could yank off the wire and play, and you made a ton of points considering we're fantasy football guys. But only had 308 yards in 28 games since then. I am not a fan, and that is because he's coming off that heavy ACL injury, and but, it's harder for an older guy to recover off that. But they said he should be completely healed now. We've seen it before. Guys can recover from, from it. We need a, a bruiser to replace Joyke Bell. Uh, Ridley's 5'11", 225, ran a 4'5", 4'8", his combine. I'm going to admit I was wrong about Zach Zenner. I thought he was a lot smaller than he is. He's 5'11", 220. He's a bruiser, and he's a tough guy. Yeah. Had a collapsed lung. That's why he was on the IR. That's a rare injury. I like Zach Zenner coming back. I don't think we need Ridley. I don't think we do either. Um, if we were, I would be interested to see how they would implement him with the team. I don't want to pay, and Zenner is a undrafted free agent. Yeah, cheap, real cheap, preseason leader in rushing. A guy you're going to run, run into the ground, basically. Yeah, we got to see him for, what, two or three games last year? Yeah. Which was awful because he game, was supposed to be. His game against Chicago when he got injured, he had three rushes for uh, 15 yards. He was having a decent yeah. game so far. So we'll see another guy on offense. Wide receiver Jeremy Curley signed last week to a one-year deal. I like this deal a lot. We're I both think really is, hot on this guy. I think this is going under the radar. Partly because of last season, he played behind Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, mm-hmm. who had ridiculously good years. <sighs> I like it. He has talent. I think Slot guy. He has great hands. I think he's going to be a great addition. Um, there's a couple things that I did notice about him. One was a really positive thing. The Jets ran him a couple times at the quarterback position, and I'm hot on that because you don't see it often. And there was times where he was throwing a ball like 50-plus yards on target. Mohamed Sanu did it last year, and it worked out for him. I think that's going to open up the Lions to a little bit of trickery. And I, I think Bob Quinn is the type of guy, from what I've been able to tell from him so far, that would be totally fine with implementing that. Yeah, the thing stuff. that stands out most to me is the hands. Todd Bowles said he has the best hand he's ever seen, which is a pretty good compliment. And good hands is something the Lions need. 
Absolutely. A lot. I think he works on his quickness yeah. because when he gets up to speed, he really isn't top speed. These safeties and quarterbacks are chasing up to him. But at the same time, he's getting open. He's great at the inside cut, and he's able to catch the ball. So, you know, if you can get a receiver that's going to put on 20, 30 yards every catch, that's great. In three years, from 2012 to 2014, he had over 40 receptions and 400 yards in every season. And in 2012, he had 56 receptions for 827 yards. That's solid for a slot guy. For sure. So I'm excited. I'm excited. All these players that we're signing, like we touched base on, are all really good picks. I don't have a problem with any of them. There's some that I want to see develop. Yeah, and Fuller and um, TJ Jones have upside. Yeah. So I'm excited for this this core. And then how Ebron improves and Tim Wright in the offense. You have Riddick back and Amir Abdul another year older. It'll be interesting. No more Calvin. I got to express. It looks good on paper, but at the same time, I'm not going to trust it until I see it on the field. It might be a good Madden rating. Overall on offense. You think so? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about, Madden ratings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that wraps it up for the free agencies. I looked at the overall breakdown. They've signed eight players from out of house. One from the Patriots. Four have come from the AFC East, the Patriots division. And six of those eight have come from the AFC. So you can see Quinn is signing these guys he's familiar with. Yeah. The comfort level. I we'll think see. that's great. Like we said, it's all talk right now. We have to see how it pans out. All right, moving on from that, there is a big story leading the NFL right now. Detroit Lions linebacker DeAndre Levy is throwing elbows into the fight with CTE. He recently ripped on Colts owner Jim Irsay, calling him out for his prescription painkiller addiction that happened in 2014. <laughs> it's asking uh, if frequent trips to the pharmacy make you a medical expert on CTE. Probably should have went about that a different way. Absolutely. Threw a chirp at him on Instagram. Just today, this morning, right before we get on podcast, a public letter from DeAndre Levy uh, went out through the Detroit Free Press, reported by Dave Burkett. He is leading this fight in CTE, and he's not stopping. I'm going to read a quick excerpt from that. Uh, Levy goes on to say, I'm going to pull a Jim Caldwell and drop a quote that resonates with me. Silence isn't action. That's why I feel the need to say something. If I say nothing, I'm condoning the misinformation that's spreading. While the research of medical experts and doctors tell us there potentially is a direct link between football and CTE, Voices continue to emerge telling us otherwise, and you have to question why. What is the harm in being transparent about the depth of risk that accompany this sport? DeAndre Levy is not messing around, and my take on this is that I think he's going to be one of those players that is going to retire early from this game. He's a smart guy. Very smart. He, re- he posts on Instagram all the time the books he's reading. He's very intelligent. This isn't just a emotional letter he wrote. I, he's been planning this, you can tell. I agree with him. The NFL just needs to admit it. Admit. Like, that's their biggest. They're so, I don't know the right word. They're just so pompous, high money. They're they're wearing blinders right now, and I think that's because they're making so much money without the accusations of CTE. But they're growing, and I think sooner or later they're going to have to admit it and make changes. I mean, this a simple guy like you and I, we, we don't know how to fix this. This is their personality, though. Like, the NFL refuses to be wrong on anything. Just look at the Patriots. Compare that to the, the NBA. Um, Dwight Howard had stick him on the basketball. Mm-hmm. They told him, quit doing that. And he's like, yeah, I'll stop. They went to a, to a court, federal court, about deflated footballs that they don't even have proof on. Like, yeah. Because just because they will not admit they're wrong. But something that is openly... And that's just footballs. This is people's lives and their, their brain. Yeah. Most, the most important part of your body besides your heart. So what we're talking about, CTE, if you do not know, it is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Gwen taught me how to say that. That's why we say CTE. That's why we say CTE. Um, It is a brain disease. Um, Gwen kind of explained it to me earlier in the podcast about, you know, protein buildup on the neurons. And it basically 
eats away at your brain. Um, so DeAndre Levy talked about players make billions in this league. They're not concerned about extending the longevity of the NFL and that this league will be dead if they don't actually come out and say something and try to fix this. I agree with him wholeheartedly. I just am nervous to see that this guy is now leading the pack, and I think he's going to pull the Chris Borland and kind of dip early out in the league. I mean, he's going into his eighth year. I have so many different ways to look at this. I just I don't know where to start, honestly. The uh, We were talking about the money thing. Like, I feel bad for them, but they're millionaires playing a sport and getting paid millions of dollars. Their college was a joke, most likely. We know how college athletes are treated differently. Yeah. So we're here, like, struggling through college, trying to find a job after school. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. If, if you offered me, let's say, 10, 15 years less of my life for the life they're living right now, I'd take it. So there needs to be a way to, like you said, make it safer because – I feel bad for them, but in a way I don't. I think the one, thing, the one thing that players are looking at is, yeah, if you offer 10 to 15 years less of your life to live a, a life of, of grandeur and have all this money and all this fame and all this talent, but the thing is they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want best of both worlds. They want not only the life of luxury, they also want to live till they're 70 years old without the threat of suicide and so why don't, brain So why don't players quit suing the NFL and why don't they just they work together? Because like the NFL is forced to go into defense mode which is understandable. So who wants to, you know what I'm saying? Like, Rudd, I'm going to sue you, but will you come help me with my homework? I think that's kind of what Levy is doing, and I understand where you're coming from, and I, I think that's what he's trying to do is he wants the NFL to be more transparent so these players aren't, aren't coming up in arms through the NFLPA and, you know, suing the NFL. Anyone with common sense knows that repeated blows to the head is going to cause brain damage. That's, that seems like an obvious, correct? That yes. seems obvious to guys like you and I. Because we went through it, we so played football. So when the NFL football, com- continually says there's no link here. Unbelievable. There's a link. Especially, I mean, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Irsay are the two leading the pack right now that are like, there's no links, there's no proof. I think if you're to pound your head against a wall every day, continuously, even with or without a helmet, you're going to mess your head up somewhere. And he says, he says in his letter as well when he comes out, he goes, I can't tell if maybe I'm just forgetting things. Or maybe coming off the field with buzzing ears or the inability to see sometimes is linked to CTE, or if that's just football. I'm not going to lie to you, it's probably a disease. You're getting cracked in the head and you're hitting these hard hits with these professional football players. They just need to get together, come together, and find a safer way to solve this problem. Because, I mean, there isn't substantial proof because there's not a big enough sample size, but there's proof. Oh, yeah. I I worked at a nursing home. You can go... We're at a nursing home, you see all these people with dementia, and they didn't play a, a down of football in their life, most of them. Not, you know what I'm saying? So you can, you can pull that argument if you want, but you know what you know. There's accelerants, and I believe football is an accelerant. Exactly, exactly. Because I heard that argument too, like, well, go look at that. There are these p- people who have dementia. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's not related at all. I think there's a link, and the one thing, there needs to be definitive proof. And I, I honestly think that movie Concussion with Will Smith really kicked this off, and I think that was their intention and when the they made the movie. And the ratings sucked. I mean, people I ha- don't want the truth. Exactly. So, we love this sport, so make it safer so that more kids will play. And I agree. It's, it's safe. I agree. We need to make this safer because there's, there's people right now that don't want to get involved that have the talent to really change the game. And they don't want to do it because their life is directly threatened. So wrapping up that conversation, that one we could go on all day. Um, if you have any opinions or anything that you want to talk back with us at, email us at westernheraldsports at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at WMU underscore sports. We'd love to hear your opinion. Uh, we can even talk about it next week if you want to. Or, you know, yeah, or tweet us individually. Yeah, tweet us individually. Jared I'm underscore Orlando. and At bboofa underscore WMU. 
We'll be having it in the uh, the little description through our SoundCloud link or whether it's on westernherald.com. There's so many different ways you can go with it. Absolutely. So many different ways. And that's why I'm interested to see. And especially, I mean, I, I know we'll have Chris Sly weighing in and like, see what his opinion is. I played football up until in college and stopped. And I noticed just my neck sometimes will, will act up or things like that. And I noticed these, these ailments in a way that's just from that amount of time. So I can't even imagine – playing that long oh yeah especially at a professional level exactly yeah hit us up let us know what you think we're gonna move on to a little bit of a different thing uh before i left we talked about how we were going to discuss the drug policy and martavis bryant um jared's argument was going to be for the drug policy to where you know stop stop smoking weed stop taking adderall stop Wait, doing what, things. what was your what was your argument going to be my initial argument was going to be that i was against a drug policy and it needs to be more lenient towards certain drugs all right. After going and looking at the drug policy and looking at the substance abuse forms and everything like that, I, I can't make that argument because these idiot players who are getting suspended for 10 games, four yeah. games, 10 games to a year, they've had chance after chance to stop doing what they're doing, and they've even gone through programs to help them out of that, and they're still doing it. So My I, argument was just don't feel bad for these guys. They're dumb. Like this is They're, they're stupid. This is their decision. That was the only thing I was going to say. Because, like, looking at the Martavis Bryant, looking in depth, this guy has so much talent. Plenty. I can't, he was overshadowing Antonio Brown last year at the end of the season. And that somersault catching me against the Bengals, loads of talent. Yeah. When you're saying he could easily be the best Clemson receiver recently, which has Sammy Watkins and... Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans. That's saying a lot. And now he's out for the entire year. I think that's going to be, I mean, number one, clear and cut, it's a big hit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know why he's out for the year? Smoking weed. And that's the, but yeah, but the the whole thing that led up to that was just, I had no sympathy for him at all. He got caught. He How got many caught chances once. he had? I mean, looking at the different type of argument, because I remember the reason I defended it so much is because yeah. he put it on depression and that he needed help with depression. He was smoking to kind of, to help that And that's what bit. I said too. I said I felt some sympathy for him. Like I felt bad. Exactly. I have sympathy. But at the same time, if your employer tells you, stop smoking marijuana, stop doing, you know, whatever it is you're doing, and you don't stop, and they, they've given you... Before we go into this, tell us a little bit about the drug policy, because I know you went and studied between the first, stages. Yeah. First of all, they, be, they changed it uh, in 2014 to become more lenient. So it went from 15 nanograms, that's you could test, of THC in your urine, to 35. So they bumped it up. The, a normal employer is 15. So they're giving them more of an opportunity. They, they have an annual drug test where they notify the players when it's going to be. So they give them time to get that out of their system. The marijuana discipline, first-time offense, the player is in a substance abuse program without a suspension. So that's, here's your warning, the first-time offense. Second time, a two-game fine. That's just a fine. A third failed test, a four-game fine. That's your third warning. Your fourth time failing a test, that's when they're like, all right, four-game suspension. A fifth offense is a 10-game suspension. A sixth offense is a year long. Bryant was in that, the fourth fourth offense. He served four games last year. He didn't even show up for his drug tests, his two drug tests. So if you fail your fifth, you have an opportunity to pass it, and you only have that 10-game suspension. He didn't show up for any of them. So that's why he has the year. I, so I don't, that's my point, is that the employer said, stop doing this. And they gave you multiple chances before, before they actually had to tell you, you're gone for a year. So he had to go through five different stages to where they told him, stop it, Martavis. Stop it, Martavis. And he kept doing it. Can you imagine that in the real world? You at, don't, a real, at a real one job? One strike. One strike. You work a high-priority job where you're getting paid a million dollars a year, and they say, stop smoking weed, and I go and do it again, they're going to fire me. 
That's the way the real world works. And I, I don't care if it's legal or not. Like, we, that's a whole nother discussion. But this is your job. This is your livelihood. And they have rules in place that are accepted by the, the Players Association. So you know it's clear cut. And you still are failing and you're suspended now. I have no, no sympathy for that. That's stupidity. And, th- and this is the way that we see. I mean, we're both 20-some-year-old college kids. We're going to speak explicitly when it comes to a drug like this and when it comes to a situation like this mm-hmm. because we know the effects that it takes when you get into the field of employment. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing that they tell you when you come out. You know, you got to apply for internships. Don't mess up when you got to take the drug test. And being on a college campus, whether or not you smoke it, it's around. It's, a, it's apparent. I mean, every day you walk by the flagpoles, there's a guy asking you to sign a petition to get meta, the recreational drug legalized. You'll be walking around restaurants or at a bar and you'll smell it. You can just, it's around. It's, it's, and that's, it's that part was of the my culture. argument. It's part of the that, culture, but it's still, it's not allowed. So let's say the United States, within the coming years, were to legalize recreational use of, of marijuana. Do you think, because I remember your argument was kind of like, it's almost like you can consider it a performance-enhancing drug. Like, let's say if you had insomnia and you need to sleep. Do you think the NFL should go and change that policy? If the workforce does. Okay. I don't think you should, I don't think you should change it. Because it's still a job. That's, in my opinion, it's still a job. It it absolutely is a job. So that's why I think they they need to keep it in line with regular jobs, regular people. Just because they're at, they already get enough, enough exceptions. They shouldn't get more to make them above normal people. Yeah, I agree. So that's where I stand. Yeah, with that being said, I mean, it, we could delve into it again. And uh, if you have opinions, like we said, tweet us, email See, us. This is two different, like, arguments like we were talking about. It's whether or not marijuana should be legal and if it affects your job performance versus whether or not he should be suspended for testing positive on a drug test, which is not even debatable because it's in, in I was going to say, I think the latter argument is pretty— Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So It's cut and dry. I don't want people to confuse, confuse those two. Yeah. We're saying it, he, it's his fault, and he doesn't deserve sympathy. I agree wholeheartedly, and I didn't think that I would agree until I looked at and I it. I hope and... he gets help for his depression, so, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. something that's illegal shouldn't— I, I agree. Not, he has no—you yeah. have to find another way because he's pissing away his career right now. There's been multiple suspensions this year already in 2016 for the upcoming year, between whether they be four-game, full year, ten games— a majority of them have been for marijuana, and I don't have sympathy because if you're up at four games, that means they give you four chances. You're making millions of dollars. Just knock it off. Just stop. <sighs> so It's also the culture, too. Yeah, it's, it's the culture. But at the same time, I feel like marijuana goes out. It, it's, it has an expandable culture. It's not just you know, an NFL culture or a race culture. I think marijuana extends to multiple cultures, but it's very I'm t- But I'm talking about wide. rappers like the— put themselves in relation with athletes. Yeah. I remember I I saw a picture of Martavis Bryant hanging out with with Khalifa, who is who, known who, who to barely be. smokes, yeah, but. right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, he he uh, did a remix of Hello by Adele and called it Hella O's. If that says anything about <laughs> If you if you don't know who Wiz Khalifa is, do your favor and look him up. <laughs> yeah, just, you'll be surprised. With that being said, it's, it's it's an extendable argument. We can sit here and talk about it all day. Let us know your opinions. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, we'll hit those on at the end of the podcast if you didn't catch them a little earlier. But uh, right now, it seems like we're wrapping up. This was a good podcast. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked about a lot of crucial points and brought up a few things. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close this up? Yeah, neon necton night. Uh, yes. Spring practice is going on for football. Western Michigan it's on Friday. I don't know what time. Friday, gonna... I think it's lights out. I think you get there at 7. I think practice starts at like 8. Yeah. Something like that. Go, Maybe 9. Uh, go show support. Get some free food. Get a free T-shirt. Yeah, it was really crappy weather last year, so hopefully it's it's better this year. 
It we, was cool though. I remember I covered it. that game. Yeah, it, it was, was raining. Yeah, it was raining. But when they shut the lights out, yeah. and they start doing the practice, and he has them all lined up against the wall, it's very high energy, and it gets you excited for this season. Yeah, we won't be there. We'll be at a little dicky concert. Oh yeah, aka get, firm handshake, aka the independent variable. <laughs> so that's, where, <laughs> that's where we'll be. But check it out. I really don't know what else to talk about. Yeah, that's that's about it. We're all wrapped up, getting ready to graduate. You're getting ready to graduate. Yeah. I'll still be around. You still you still may be annoyed by my voice next year, guys. <sighs> I'm sorry about that. But, I'm going to uh, miss it. I'm sure you'll be back. We still have a couple more, so let's not uh, get sad right now. Don't count us out just yet. We'll be back next week. Thank Gwen for helping us out. Gwen. Follow her on Twitter. Gwen underscore DeYoung. Talk hockey. You the best. How your Red Wings doing? Shakes her head. She's sitting in the booth. I told her when she came in because she went to the Red Wings game, and I, I see her in the booth, and she's wearing an away Dylan Larkin jersey. And I told her, you know, I would compliment that if they could close a game. <laughs> but they can't. <laughs> but they can't. All right, we are out of here. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll salute just as I always do. Go Lions! Deuces.